welcome to Scaling the Summit, Radio Gold Style. Your host, Charity Bryan and Sandra K. Sims. I am your technical director, Ginger Aaron Brush. Let's get started. Welcome to another exciting episode of Scaling the Summit. We are Radio Gold. I'm Charity Bryan, and my co-host is Sandra Sims. Buddy, how are you doing today? It is beautiful today. Love it. Well, it's a beautiful day in Calera. Is that correct? Uh, I'm sorry, Childersburg. Ch- sorry, Childersburg. Calera, yes. Childersburg. <laughs> you know, it's all, it's all God's country, right? That's correct. The great state of Alabama. Well, Buddy, I am excited today, and I got to tell you, this conversation today is going to be so timely. We have our, our dear friend, Henry Kaslovecki, on, and some of our six listeners, maybe we've picked up one from last wow. week, we may be up to seven, uh, might know that Henry is the executive director of the Virginia Aford. But, buddy, the reason I'm fired up about this is because, you know, Henry is our go-to technology guy. And with school about to start and you know, we've got so many of our teachers and professionals that are, are doing online learning and remote instruction. I just think this is going to be a great conversation today with Henry. I absolutely agree. And, you know, we have um, exactly three technological friends. So when I think about technology in our field, the three people that come to mind are Henry, uh, Brian DeVore. He's another great technology guy. And, of course, our own executive producer, Ginger Aaron Brush. And without Absolutely. Ginger, there is no Radio Gold. So to the three people that we know that are technology experts, gosh, we thank you uh, so much. So um, let me tell you a little bit about Henry. He got his uh, bachelor's degree in 2001 and his master's degree in 2010, both from Virginia Commonwealth University, VCU. He has his educational leadership endorsement from Longwood University. Um, He's the curriculum specialist for health and physical education, family life education, and driver education in the Chesterfield County Public Schools. Um, Henry, I've been on a road trip with my co-host, and that driver's ed piece could be really helpful later in the show. Yes, it could. Yep. Mm -hmm. I can send send you some some, uh, help that uh, whoever needs it. Please, uh, anything you've got, uh, video, audio, we'll take it. He's been a teacher for 19 years in Virginia, and he served for over 14 years as Virginia Aford Executive Director. So, Henry, thank you for being on today. Yeah, it's a pleasure. I'm glad I'm on something that's gold. Oh, yeah. Well, we're, <laughs> we're kind of working our way through yeah, the Yeah, not the sure about metals. that yet. Yeah. Not, not if sure you're a Seinfeld that. fan, you would recognize it's gold, Jerry. It's gold. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, you know, Henry, tell us a little bit about your career. Um, and, you know, uh, uh, you're from Virginia. Tell us about your career and why is that state known for lovers? Virginia is for lovers? <laughs> Uh, yeah. Well, my, my career in Virginia, I mean, you gave me a great introduction. I don't know. Uh, hopefully I can uh, say more than that about my career, but you, you did a great job. But uh, like you said, I started in 2001 uh, right out of college. Uh, I taught at a small school system uh, in central Virginia. Uh, after staying there three years, I transferred to uh, Chesterfield. Um, I had heard of a school coming open um, called Crestwood Elementary. Um, when I was in college, this was like the, the school that you would want to be at. They had everything, any program that you wanted. I mean, it was like just like the quintessential uh, elementary physical education program. They had the uh, a bike program, like the first in the county. Um, it was just where I wanted to be. And I found out that it was coming up. And I was like, man, I've got to tr- try to transfer there. 
I was fortunate to uh, to be able to transfer there. And I mean, the, the parents, the PTA, the students, the administration, everybody was so supportive of physical education. <clears throat> I loved it. And, and that's where I've been the last 16 years. Um, I've tried to bring in some other programs into there. Um, like over the past six or seven years, we've started doing fishing. Um, we have a lake right across from our school. So uh, we do a fishing unit with our second graders and uh, we go fishing one night with the kids and the parents. Uh, I was able to bring in the National Archeries and School Program. Um, and I, I tell you what, I, I was so hesitant to do archery because I was like, man, this is so, you know, I don't know about this. But once I got in there, that is like the thing that kids love. And they have had a chance to shoot in a, a tournament, uh, wow. a NASP tournament with like 200 kids from across the, uh, the state of Virginia that have come in to Crestwood. We've actually held the tournament. And, and just to see the level of competition, it's, you know, sort of helped them uh, pick up their game, so to speak, in, uh, you know, in archery. Um, about a year ago, um, I found out about um, our health and uh, physical education specialist leaving and I was like you know I, I might want to try that I, I've always said before people have asked me oh, don't you want to go into administration I'm like no way I do not want to be anywhere near that uh, but to have the chance to um, you know stay in the field that I love it, it was like the perfect opportunity so I started the program about a year ago I, I finished just a few weeks ago and I started the specialist job at the beginning of July, and it's it's been great so far. Henry, that's awesome. And I tell you what, before we go on to your expertise in technology, I just want to ask you, you know, I feel like uh, you and I kind of both really grew up in um, in Southern District and, you know, we're, we're involved as undergrads in our profession. Can you tell us a little bit about, um, I think you were, a participant in one of our first uh, future professional leadership conferences. Can you tell us a little bit about your involvement as a student and how then that kind of helped you in your career? Yeah, it was, it, it was great. Um, it, we were, we were fortunate at VCU to have uh, executive directors of, of Vapor as professors. So Bob Davis and Jack Schultz were both um, executive directors of Vapor and also taught at uh, Virginia Commonwealth. And one day we were in class and they're like, oh, we'll give you extra credit to join the state association. And I'm like, who's going to pass up extra credit? I'm in. And it was sort of a, you know, that was sort of like the, the hook to get in. But then once I got into um, Vapored and learning about the professional organization, uh, that then transferred to Southern District and the national organization. Uh, I mean, it's done a, an amazing thing for my career. I have met so many people, you, Sandra, you know, all of our Southern District friends, just being a part of that. Now, I went to the the National uh, Student Leadership. I, I want to say it was the, the first one where I think it was national, where we were still at Camp Aska, but it was yeah. like all 50 states. Yeah, that was a great one. And, I mean, it, it was a great, like, team-building experience. And you hear... I guess I'm becoming one of the, I'm going to say veteran, not old yet, but, you know, I'm becoming one of those teachers that have been around a while and you always hear them say, oh, you know, you'll meet people like in, at, when you first start teaching and throughout your teaching career that you'll, 
you know, you won't see them all the time, but it'll be like family and you'll just love to be around them. And I mean, that's, that's come true for me. I mean, I just love seeing those people that I've gone to conferences, whether it's like the student leadership or uh, our Southern district or, or even people I've met at the national convention. So I would encourage any, any students, or even if you're a professional and haven't had a chance to, uh, to connect yet, it's a, it's a great opportunity to, uh, continue your learning even outside of the convention. Well, Henry, I know that you've been, I mean, leadership is is stamped all over you. And you just looked at what Charity talked about, the different things that you've done, but your leadership now that's moving to your school system, but also your leadership at Vayford. I mean, you've been um, that executive director for 14 years, but, you know, you're that, that technology person. I mean, you're the person, I think you were ahead of the wave you know, when everybody was talking about technology, you had already, it seemed like you had already gotten into that point. So what, where did you get that knowledge on the front end before anybody even jumped on this bandwagon? Uh, I've always liked, like computers and sort of getting into that technology piece. So, I mean, just trying to find ways to incorporate, you know, that technology into my classes, like starting out early. Like we had like the calorie counters slash pedometers that we could use in class and, and that moved up to like heart rate monitors and then like messaging systems for parents and saying in communication. So it, it just, I don't I think just my love of like being on the computer, which has probably got me in trouble, <laughs> just being on the computer so much, even outside of class. Uh, but just, being around the technology and, and doing that, I think, I guess that's what has helped me uh, get out there in front of everyone else. So are you doing that? You, you did your, added a lot of technology to your, at Crestwood Elementary, I'm assuming. Is that correct? You did a lot yeah, there? I did. So what would be one of the, I know you talked about heart rate monitors because that was really a big, big deal. What would be some of that front end stuff? I'm going to ask you a little bit about what's the coolest technology right now, but what would be one of the things that you did when you first started that you went, that, that's a, that is pretty awesome. Yeah, I would say it was the, uh, the pedometers. I mean, that was like the big thing. Like when I first came out of school um, was uh, the use of pedometers. Um, so we would use that to track our steps and, you know, to set goals. You know, I'm doing this activity, but next week we're going to be doing it again. How, how can I increase my steps? And that was great feedback for um, the students, but also for me. So if I go back and look at all of the uh, the steps that the students are taking, I'm thinking, man, we were doing soccer today. Why do they only have like 400 steps? Oh, maybe I was talking too much. So it's a great way to see, uh, you know, how the students are doing, but also uh, sort of an assessment for me. Are they really moving around the way they're supposed to be moving? And, but, I, and uh, I think that that's, uh, that was kind of the interesting thing because I, I remember sitting in a conference and because I was in a school that was poor and, and I remember thinking, I can't afford technology. And I remember, you know, just getting four heart rate monitors and how it made a huge difference. So that was, that was one of the coolest things of the time. So what, I mean, it's 2020, what's the hottest thing that you think, like if somebody's listening, you go, they really need this app or they need this tool that they just need to, to use right now. What would it be? Um, the thing I implemented uh, this past year um, was uh, clickers on magnets, and, and they've sort of come to be known as plagnets. 
Right. So, you, you know, have you used uh, clickers before? We have the, like, it looks sort of like the QR code and you yes. can turn it and ask the question. So I just use that as an exit ticket for me. So we would go through our lesson up on the board. I would have my I can statement, uh, my objectives. We would go through the lesson. And at the end, I would pop up a question on the board. And then everybody would know to go over to, like, the magnetic board, get their flag in it, turn it to the answer. And then I would get a chance to see, okay, how effective was I today in doing the teaching? And, you know, can they give me the correct answer? So knowing next week when they come back, you know, here's where I need to adjust. And using so, it and using it as a magnet, you, it's easier to capture that and get those scores pretty quickly as opposed to we had we were doing uh, with the clickers and trying to move through the entire class. And that was a that was a handle. So putting it where you get the magnet on the board, that's that's kind of that was a smart move. Uh, right. And, and easier for you to capture. Right. And I didn't come up with that. That was somebody else. But, you know. Uh, and I just used it at the end. It is possible you can do it throughout the class, you know, because right. you're able to stick them up on the board and they stay there. So, you know, quarter of the way through, you could ask a question, go over, kids could turn it, and you could take the uh, the answer and then change it up. So, yeah, I, I really enjoyed that. The, the kids really liked it, and, and it was effective. You know, you used the word veteran just a second ago for yourself. And uh, so I guess if you're a veteran, I might be – you know, like an ancient, <laughs> I might be, I might be, I, I, I'm, I'm a little concerned that what, what uh, term I might use for myself. So I, <laughs> at technology, I remember when it first came in, you know, anybody could, everybody on the school was getting technology money except the physical education because you didn't use technology in physical education. So, but we know, I mean, good grief, it's, it's changed so much and, and so many things have happened. What, what do you see the, the, how does technology really changed physical education for the better? Um, you know, the, the biggest change that I've seen like the past two years, I use something called Class Dojo. So what changed for me was like the communication piece between the, the parents and the teacher. Right. So uh, I sort of uh, uh, like relate Class Dojo to, to somebody that doesn't know how or what it is. It's sort of like Facebook for kids at school. So I can post things on the wall. I can send individual messages to parents. Um, I, I love the aspect of it being able to, you can give points. Like if you see them doing something that's great, you can give them a point like on task or great job or great answer. You can come up with all your own, uh, I guess, individualized um, things. But when I started using this two years ago, I got the, the best feedback ever from parents. Like I would send stuff home, email, or send letters home through, um, you know, their classroom folder and would hardly hear anything back. When I started using Class Dojo, everything was, you know, electronic. Everything went to their, their parents' phones. I would send something out. I would hear something back right away. And so Class Dojo isn't, I don't think, the like latest and greatest thing, but it's something that's been around a while and has definitely helped the communication link between me and the parents. Now you're asking about how, you know, I see it helping physical education. Um, you know, well, why don't you, why don't you take it for where we are today? Here we are, we're in remote teaching. Here we are where schools are not getting a chance to go in or some schools are having to do different kind of alternative 
um, scheduling or maybe even totally doing everything online like we did in March, I, I do think that technology piece is going to come in handy. So that's, I, that's where I guess I should have framed that question a little bit better at the very beginning. But how do you think technology is really going to help us through where we're going right now with this pandemic? Uh, yeah, and, I, and I've heard lots of feedback from teachers that are, I don't know, they're more anxious about, you know, what am I going to do? How am I going to teach physical education, you know, remotely? Um, in our district, it was at the end of last year, there was no grades. There was no new content. It was just, you know, do what you can to teach them, you know, the things that you've already taught them. Um, so I've been saying this year, you know, it's going to be a little bit different. Kids are going to log on because they didn't really log on last year because there was no accountability. So we're using uh, Canvas. We're using Google Meet. And the thing I'm telling my teachers, you're going to do sort of the same things that you would do in your classroom. You're going to get in front of the computer and you're still going to be teaching the kids. It's just they're not sitting right there in front of you. And you're not going to be standing up there for, you know, uh, an hour talking to them on the computer. You're going to be, hey, let me teach you something. And then I want you to go do an activity and you may be able to see it or you know, you may be asking them to write you something and send back to you. Um, but technology is not going to, it's there to like enhance your teaching. It's not going to make you the best teacher. It's not going to be there to teach for you, if that makes sense. Right. So you just have to use the technology in an appropriate way to, to convey that message that you're trying to get to the student. Well, you're you're way ahead of the curve, and I know that you in this position that you're in, that well, that's going to be a great benefit to your um, school system that you have these things. So nice job, thank you for that. Yeah, Henry, you know how exciting that you're you're in this new role um, with uh, the Chesterfield County Public Schools. That's really it's incredible. You know, you've been a great leader. Um, you know, you were a leader as a student. You were you're a leader in Virginia Aford. You've been a leader. Uh, you and I and, and Sandra, our co-host, the three of us share the illustrious title of past presidents of Southern District, which I know I had a great time in my year. And um, I, I thoroughly enjoyed watching both of you um, in your years. So, you know, and again, now you've got this great new position with your school system. What do you enjoy the most about leadership opportunities? Uh, you know, I enjoy helping other people. It's sort of like the same thing when I was teaching. So I enjoyed being there, teaching the kids, helping them. Uh, in this in this role, I have a chance to uh, sort of expand my reach because I'm able to help the teachers develop into a better teacher who are then able to help more kids uh, develop that healthier uh, lifestyle. So instead of maybe working with like the five or 600 kids that I would work with in my school, now I'm now we're talking about like tens of thousands of kids. Right. So, I mean, that excites me and and just being there to help and be a resource. I love it. That's awesome. And you're so great at it. So if if one of our seven listeners happened to be a, <laughs> uh, a future, a future professional, what would you say is the most important skill that a person needs to be a great leader? Uh, I would say being able to listen. And then when you're leading that you're also willing to do. I, th I think looking back at why I didn't want to be a like an administrator was, you know, you hear all the time from teachers, you know, why are they telling me this? They haven't been in the classroom for 70 years. 
So I, I want to, to um, say that you've got to be a good listener to see what the teachers are doing. And then when you get out there and give sort of the direction, be, be willing to do that same thing that you're asking the teachers to do. Absolutely. And so if you if you were to give advice to other professionals who are already in the field who might be thinking about, I mean, I know you had a sort of a transformation from, you know, OMG, I don't want anything to do with leadership um, to, you know what, maybe, maybe that's a great next challenge for me. If there were other professionals who thought, you know, maybe, maybe one day I would do something in a leadership capacity, what advice would you give them? Uh, I would definitely say to get connected with a mentor or with a group of uh, like-minded people that could help them grow. Uh, so that could be like somebody at your school, somebody in your school district, um, just somebody you can go to with issues that you're having, or, you know, if you want to uh, bounce ideas off of somebody, you know, those, those people are very important. And when I think back about, you know, like the different stages of my career, there's been different people that have sort of helped me at different points, you know, uh, accomplish what I wanted to accomplish. Well, you know, yeah. you're you're a fairly young guy, though, Henry. I mean, that's that's the key. You're you're a young I am guy. You, Twenty-four. You, you, uh, yes, <laughs> you're you're a young man. But I'm going to ask you to dig way back to when you were a kid. Okay. Uh, uh, I, I mean, we're talking about like when you were five or six. I don't even know that I remember that because remember, I'm ancient. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, when when you were six or just young, what did you did did you see yourself as a leader? I mean, did you did you kind of, kind of go? I'm going to be president of the United States. No, some kids. No, I mean, okay. I knew what I wanted to do. I was going to be an archaeologist. Oh, I mean, who didn't cool. want to be like who didn't want to be like Indiana Jones? Oh, you know, right. around the jungle, cracking a whip. You know, finding the art. Do you? Have that was that? it. Did you get that? Uh, I'm not going to say. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, you've, you've lived in Virginia. I was, I, I read up a little bit about you and that's the great thing about this podcast is that we get a chance to, I don't know, we've, you and I, we've known each other, but sometimes you don't just know everything about, I didn't realize you were just Virginia man. Were you Facebook stalking me? I, I, was, <laughs> I was. She does. I that. was. I do. Yeah. It's it's one of those things. I'm so sorry. I, you, <laughs> you skipped over something that Charity asked you early about this. Virginia being this state of love or love for lovers, uh-huh. you know, I know you're, you're, it's been home for you. So I do believe you found love there. I believe that you have, you've built a great family that's there, but my goodness, Virginia is like been your, you've stayed there. Like kind of like I, I have. guess I have in Alabama. Uh, but if you weren't going to be in Virginia, if you had a, if you needed to go outside and you said, I've got a dream where, where would you go? I mean, to live. To live? Wow. Yeah. I don't would, know. You, would you ever want to live anywhere else? I guess that's the question. Yeah. You know, I've talked to people about that before, and no, I don't think I'd want to live anywhere else, but I love traveling. So, I mean, I think I've hit every uh, state except for Alaska and Hawaii. You got to go to both of those. I know, I do. <laughs> totally but, worth it. But I, I love traveling around. I mean, the United States is so like diverse in different things that are but Virginia's available. Virginia's home, but Virginia but Vir- is home. home. I got you. And, I, yeah, I and even in Virginia, I mean, I, I love the diversity of Virginia. I mean, where I am, we're just like an hour and a half or two hours from the beach. The same from like Shenandoah National Park and the mountains. 
And then who doesn't love the uh, Virginia cre uh, Creeper Trail? Everybody. Absolutely. Virginia's so, got everything. That's what I'm saying. Virginia well, I mean, is definitely, it's it. It's Yeah, it, and someone it, from Alabama would probably say Alabama's got everything. Now, well, <laughs> we, in some ways, but I am going to say I, I have been in your great state, and there's no doubt it's uh, it's wonderful. But getting back to your family, you have a, you have an incredible family. Thank but you. But you are so busy, and, and that's that's tough to be this big leader in all your professional world but yet still be a good, a great dad, a great husband. How do you balance that? I mean, how do you really, I mean, I get that your state is great, but I mean, you're, uh, you're world, yeah, your world yeah. is full. Yeah. So. Uh, well, sometimes I need reminders to, uh, to cut the phone off, cut the uh, computer off and just sort of disconnect, yeah. you know, sort of, and, and that would be good advice for, you know, anybody looking to be a leader or even, even as a teacher, yeah. at some point you need to, to set boundaries, you know, you have, you have hours, but you know, especially during this pandemic, we've heard about, you know, taking care of yourself, even without the pandemic, you need to take care of yourself. You can become a workaholic and work seven days a week being a teacher because you just, at some time, sometimes you feel like you don't have enough time to do it all. And you, you can just work yourself to death and burn out. So you've got to find time to just disconnect and, and have somebody uh, <laughs> like an accountability uh, person there to say, hey, you need to disconnect. And Henry, that's such a great point. You know, I, I think it's um, we all need the reminder to disconnect um, and to set boundaries. You know, we have a, um, a bumper sticker that came out of our uh, time with Andrew Lewis and it was, uh, oh, hell no. And I, I don't know if you uh -huh. had a chance to listen to Andrew's. Um, no, I have it, but I'm going to have to now. Yeah, yeah. So uh, very soon our merchandise store will be opening. And, um, the, the That'd be a great sticker, shirt. Yeah, I think the uh, Oh Hell No bumper sticker will be very popular. But I think maybe your bumper sticker so far would be uh, Set Boundaries. You know, what a great reminder yeah. that although we are all highly dedicated professionals, um, you know, we still do need to, to set those boundaries so that we can. And to be honest with you, you know, there are, um, there are evenings when I – 515 and I, I'm going over to the rec center and I almost have a panic attack because I'm like, I have so much to do. But I always know that I come back from that break better than, you know, I would have been if I had just stayed and tried to to gut it out. So I think setting boundaries is, is a, a great reminder for all of us. So when we think about being, you know, the best professional that, that we can be, what do you personally think a quality daily physical education program looks like? Hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think having having a program that's based in standards, it, it could be national standards. Uh, some states have standards. Um, I think some people think that physical education is just um, playtime or recreation time. It, it's called physical education for a reason. It's not called physical activity. So, getting out there, we're actually we're, we're actually teaching them something. Once they leave us, you know, they may not have another physical education class ever. So we want them to know how to stay active, stay healthy, eat right, uh, and just be overall healthy. And we need to assess. So I'm teaching them all this stuff. How do I know I'm doing a good job? So you've got to have some assessments to make sure that the, the students are progressing and, and that you're doing uh, – what you're required to do as a physical education teacher. And I know you did a, you're a, 
your bachelor's at Virginia Commonwealth, I know that they taught you and I know they taught you well how to what a good program looked like and what, what it was, you know, how important that was. If it was there anything that when you were first now before you went to Crestwood Elementary, where did you say you started? Uh, I was in Hanover County. How long were you there? Is, uh, three years. Okay, and so you were there three. North of Richmond. It's in the same area, smaller school system. And I, and I loved it there. Yeah, I mean, it was a great school system to start off in. It was just, um, yeah, I was driving an hour each way. It was just so far from home. But, yeah, it, it was a great start. Right. And I guess I was going to get back to is when you first, that those first couple of years are just very tough for new professionals coming out. Did you, what did, what do you wish you had known earlier in your career that you know now that maybe could have helped you in those early years, even the early years at Crestwood Elementary, even though you, you had great um, education from Virginia Commonwealth, what, is there something that, you know, sometimes we, our peak programs can't give you everything. What right. was that piece that you wish you had known? Uh, well, this sort of goes back to the, the mentors, you know, you're not there alone. You know, I was the only physical education teacher at the school and throughout my elementary career, like the past 20 years, a majority of my time, I was the only PE teacher at the school. But there are other resources at the school to help you. Like we would always meet with the other resource teachers. It would be art, music, PE, STEAM, and the librarian. Not exactly the same subjects, but, you know, similar things come up that we can talk about. Um, there's people that you meet at conferences. We've talked about technology and how you can stay um, in touch with people. I mean, that's a great way to, to know you're not alone. I'm going to put this email or, or tweet out to everybody that I know. I'm having trouble doing this. What's, what can I do better? You'll get responses pretty quick. So I, I would say, you know, to let everybody know, you know, you're not alone. There are people that, that want to help you, that uh, want to help you succeed. That's great. Yeah. Henry, maybe you could tweet about Radio Gold and we could, we could have like 10, ten listeners. Well, the, the, three kid, the three kids in D, that's going to add four more. So you'll, you'll, at, least double, oh, you'll at least double your amount. Wow. Exactly. Wow, this has been so worth it already. Uh, so, Henry, kind of staying on that topic, you know, what was, what was some good advice that you were given early on in your career and by whom? Who, who was kind of a person that gave you some solid advice that you that you really appreciated you know uh, and, and i'm sure y'all have seen this presentation by karen dowd on uh, i can't remember if it's like a, uh, running a board meeting or uh, about mm -hmm. being in the profession it's yeah. dress professional and come prepared and that's really helped me in, in leadership you know uh, a lot of people when they think about the <laughs> pe teacher especially like an administrative role thinking oh yeah the gym coach is going to come in i've got my you know, my athletic shorts on and my T-shirt. That's, they think, and it shouldn't be this way, but they think so much more about you if you come in in a pair of dress pants, a collared shirt, um, even as a, even as a, uh, a new teacher. And, and at Virginia Commonwealth, they talked about dressing professionally. Yeah, and, and you're correct. I mean, that's, I think that that is great advice. I think it's good advice, not just for future professionals coming out, but I do think some of our teachers that are out there, sometimes when you can't see them and tell them tell the difference of who's who's who in a gym or in a classroom, that, that makes it really tough. Now, if I were to ask you who, if you had somebody who influenced your career and you could name 
three names. In other words, you may, not, you may not have three names, but if you have somebody, yeah. well, who are who are the people that you would go? They influence my career the most. Uh, I think about like when I got into teaching, like in high school. Um, I, I'm sure Dee would tell you I, I probably wasn't the the best student. <laughs> she won't even let me show my. Uh, she, she would. Me, she would I, not I, say that. She would not let me show my report cards to the kids. I've changed. <laughs> but, you know, coming out of high school, I, I think my mom was the first to say, you know, I think you'd be a good teacher. And I was like, oh, you know, that, that that's right. Because in, in high school, I had uh, a couple uh, study halls. And, you know, instead of studying, I went to other classes and helped, um, you know, teach the students in there. And she was right. I, I mean, I've been doing it almost 20 years. So. I would think she was the, she was the first one that sort of influenced me, like to get into teaching, and then thinking about uh, like when I was in school and starting out. Um, I've already mentioned Jack Schultz, um, who taught at VCU and right. was the executive director. I mean, I mean, he was a great like mentor for me and for every student that he yeah. had. If you had questions for him, he was there. I mean, he was like the when you think about what you want a teacher to be like. It was him. And then I worked with him as uh, while he was executive director. I sort of worked with him on vapored activities and he sort of uh, mentored me at that, in that process. And, and when Matt, when I uh, started out as executive director, you know, he was still there for me and I still email him, you know, to, to ask questions and he's always open. So he, he was definitely there like at the beginning of the teaching career and the, uh, the start of my leadership in vapored. Uh, and then I think about Dee, you know, my wife. Um, she's one of the best teachers that I know. And every time I say that, she's like, ah, come on. <laughs> and, and, and I just, you know, when I have an idea, and it's great um, that we're both, uh, you know, health and PE teachers. Um, so when I have a, you know, a thought or an idea, or she has a thought or an idea, or, you know, maybe I just had a bad day and coming home and, and talking about it. She's always got great teaching advice. So, you know, I, I've known her since uh, VCU, so my whole teaching career. It, it's been great to have her there with me to uh, yeah, to encourage me, you know, when I'm having trouble at school, um, thinking of ideas, bouncing things off of her. It's just, uh, it's been great. And Charity, I did, you know, going back to that question about what love, I'm telling you, that love that Dee has for Henry, I, I see it right there, that influence. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. Pretty, pretty important. Very proud. Very proud of those two. Absolutely. So, Henry, what um, what's one common myth that you'd like to debunk about our profession if you had a microphone to the world? Now, granted, this is this is going to all of our listeners, but, I mean, even if we were to, you know, to be able to reach every person on the planet, which I'm sure Radio Gold will do in At no time. some point. Right. Yes. yes. <laughs> in the very, very near future. Um, what would you what would you want people to know in terms of kind of a, a myth about our profession? I think we talked a little bit about this in one of the other questions. Is, and, and I would say it's not all fun and games. So when our students come to see us, it's not, hey, here's a ball. Let's play. It's we're actually teachers. I get uh, I get amused every once in a while. Like at least every year or two, one of the kids asks, "Do you have to have a a, 
did he go to college to be a PE teacher? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Wow. And I'm like, I got a master's degree. I took uh, uh, human anatomy and physiology with the doctors. Yes, you've got to right. have a, a degree, but yeah, it, it's not all fun and games. We're actually in there teaching. And and the, the kids, I mean, we should be teaching. And you know, obviously there's some, there's some, uh, some teachers that are just rolling out the ball, giving us a bad name, but you know, it, it's not all fun and games. We are actually teachers, you know, giving the students information that's going to keep them healthy for the rest of their lives. Hey, you know, and I know that, you know, when you're looking at, and I'm trying to debunk myths, uh, you know, this is a, this is a tough time to teach. Let's just, let's just be honest. It's tough to have good quality work going on with all this COVID-19. Now, is your school, your school system going back? To, are y'all going back full time? No, we're going, going back, back face to face. We're going back virtually. Um, our teachers have the option if they want to teach from school or teach from home. But yeah, it's it's freaking some people out because they this don't know. Right. They don't. They don't know. And and I don't know. I mean, I tell them, you know, none of us has ever done this before. Right. I mean, there's some people that teach online, but that's not the majority of us. We're going to get in there. We're going to, you know, do the best we can. We're going to look at what lessons can be done online, maybe that don't take a lot of equipment, obviously ones that aren't going to be uh, needing a whole bunch of people to accomplish the task. But we're going to get in there, and just like on a normal lesson, when I write a lesson plan and I execute it, hey, there's something that went wrong. I need to make an adjustment. So I'm going to do the same thing online. The first one is probably not going to be perfect, might not even be good, but I'm going to learn something from it. And I've told all my teachers, you know, I'm a resource here for you. We've got, you know, hundreds of teachers in the county that are willing to help. So, you know, we're, we're all in this together. And I think we're better off than we were in March when you just said when we were, we were just trying to survive. There's been so much. I mean, good grief. There's so much on social media that teachers have given out free advice. And right. um, our state has come up with a plan of what some things that our, our teachers can do. And then they have all this you know, where they're meeting together and they're doing a lot of these, you know, Zoom meetings to try to help each other. And I think that that's the key. I do. I think to, neg to navigate, we've got to figure this out to, so that we can keep quality uh, programs alive. And I think that's what's going to help us right. uh, be able to debunk, debunk a lot of those myths that we're not very good. Yeah, we're working on that. We're going to find some good stuff out of this. Right. Uh, I'm working with some teachers now on actually before school starts, making some videos of them teaching virtually so people can get an idea of you know oh yeah this is what i can do right so it's not going to be sort of like a surprise the very first day when they actually try to to teach it they'll have some examples of you know okay i could do this okay i could do this so and i think it's just the, the unknown that scares everybody once we get in there and start to work things out it's going to be good thank you and you know you know, Henry, I think this is kind of one of those times where we all go, you know what, if we had had a crystal ball, right, how differently would we have prepared ourselves to be an educator in this time? Um, you know, I sort of jokingly, um, I have colleagues in higher ed, and um, some of them have never, ever once voluntarily taken any kind of online training. And, you know, when, when March rolled around, it was like, wow, <laughs> if only everybody had, had taken up, you know, at least even one opportunity to, to do some professional development in that area, it would have been a great thing. And you were actually part of the planning team for the Health and Physical Literacy Summit in Birmingham. Yes. 
uh, back in February 2020, and, and it was a great, uh, great summit. What role do you see the summit playing in providing professional development uh, for individuals in our field and, and other professionals that are uh, also part of our, our allied health field? Yeah, I see this as just another opportunity for people to, you know, like we've said before, come in, get some professional development, meet some people that are doing the same things that we're doing and learn from them. And you're going to make friendships that last, you know, your whole career. Um, I mean, I, I, I love doing professional development. I love going to conferences. I love going to meetings, hearing about what everyone else is doing. Um, and I love that face-to-face aspect of it. So I, I've struggled like the past six months with all of these online meetings. You know, it's been great hearing people talk, but you know, I actually want to see somebody and not on the computer. <laughs> so, right, right. Um, yeah, the, the, the health and physical literacy, uh, the summit, just uh, another one of those quality professional development opportunities and set up by people who have, uh, you know, proven in the past that they can bring in good speakers, um, good sessions and, you know, create that family atmosphere that makes you want to come back. And I think you've said something pretty important, and that's really why we had to uh, make a kind of a tough decision recently. Uh, our summit 2021, uh, we had to cancel because we do believe the face-to-face is critical. And then I think that that's what made, that was really the a very important piece behind the, the people when we were thinking about this uh, event is how important the face-to-face was and that how, how powerful it is. And so we're looking forward to our 2022. But if I were to, you, you love face-to-face because I mean, I, you're, you're the guy that likes to go meet up with all your friends and you're, you love to hang out besides in the sessions. But I mean, I always see you with your group of people. So I know you've got a great story and this is the podcast is really always about storytelling Henry, we always <laughs> like to find, it doesn't have to be a tell-all where you get, you get anybody in trouble. Right. But I, I'm just telling you, there's, there's some incredible gold nuggets in some of these face-to-face meetings that we've been in that, that we just, you know, even though we love um, electronics, there's just something about those times where we were together. Can you kind of share with the group maybe one of your favorite all-time of any event that you went to that something you wouldn't want to go, gosh, that was so much fun. Uh, it, it's hard to pick one. I mean, I, I had a feeling that that would be true. There's just you, it, like, <laughs> I, I love the, you know, before I said, I love to travel. I love going all over. Um, and, and it's nice. One of the things I enjoyed about um, me and Dee both being health and physical education teachers, we got to travel to go to conferences together. Right. So we usually didn't take vacations. If that was our vacation. It's like, hey, we get to go do this professional uh, conference together without the kids. We're, we're both sort of like meeting geeks. You know what I mean? <laughs> we, we love going to meetings. We love doing right. conferences. <laughs> so it was sort of like, hey, we get to go do this awesome experience at this conference. But then also to like see the city that we're in. Now, uh, one of the... Uh, I guess best city experiences we had was when we went to Boston. Now, unfortunately, we didn't get a uh, a conference experience, but 
That well, was, we had an we experience, had, <laughs> all right. I think yeah. everybody was marked. That was a marked experience. A lot of people have brought that one up. Yeah, and I mean, it was just a, a great experience because, I mean, not convention-wise, but even even without the convention, we learned right. from that conference because, you know, we didn't go to sessions, but we were still talking to people. Um, we At that conference, we met uh, so many people that we still – you know, communicate with today because, hey, what are we going to do today? There's there's no conference going on. Let's go explore the city. And so we had a a, a tour. Um, Carol Smith took us on a tour of Boston. It was uh, Ann Wigan was with us. Um, and that's where we first met them. And, you know, great friends still today. But then that a- networking, that networking is important. It is. And I it think is. That that's, that's the key to professional development is that we can, you know, we get in there and we go to the meetings and then we get to enjoy these other people that then we'll have as lifelong friends and people that we can actually bounce good ideas off of. Right. Yeah. And for, for our one listener, you might not know the, uh, the, the <laughs> have we gone down? Wait a minute. How did we no, go buddy, down? I'm, I'm just saying that like six of them probably know what went on in Boston. Okay. There might be just one, the one person that knows what's going on. Okay. Right, okay. The one listener who might not realize that uh, about 24 hours after we arrived in Boston, the power went out in the entire city. And uh, all of us being such optimistic professionals, we just knew the power was going to come back on in a couple of hours. And four days later, it still had not come on. And by that time, we were uh, none of us looked too good or probably smelled very good either. Um, But we Henry, you're exactly right. That was a um, although there wasn't a lot of conferencing going on. Uh, it was most certainly in the top five most memorable uh, category, no doubt. So kind of along that same line, you know, I think we were a little stir crazy by the time we finally left Boston. And by the way, when we left Boston, the power still wasn't on. <laughs> um, so in this time of COVID-19, how have you personally been handling this this craziness? Do you have some strategies that you could share with us that have kind of helped you sort of stay stay kind of sane in this time? Yeah, I mean, we've done things together as a family, like taking a walk, um, playing board games. Um, or we're in the middle of a movie marathon now. We're watching Harry Potter. We've only got two more left. Um, you know, just trying to, to connect with family. But then also, you know, talking about uh, disconnecting. Turn off the news. Turn off the, the social media. There are so many people on both sides of Every issue, it sounds like these days, that nobody wants to talk about anything. Everybody's like yelling through Twitter and and Facebook, and I find myself getting caught up in it if I'm on Facebook or on Twitter, and it just it, you feel your heart racing and it's just uh, unsettling, and it's it's unproductive. So another one of those just like disconnect or you know set boundaries. You can't, uh, I guess it's like an overstimulus of information. Yeah, that's great advice. And so just get away. Wow, that sounds like a great advice. I'm seeing the water out there and it's telling me to come out and play. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, I I asked you earlier in the call about your six-year-old self and what you wanted to be when you grew up. Uh Well, now, now you've grown up and you are... You're here, and there will come a point where you're going to go, gosh, you know, 
this is, I would have loved to have done this. So I, now I know you still, maybe you still do want to be Indiana Jones. Now who does Okay. But is there, a, <laughs> if, if that's true, then you go ahead and claim it. Is there another <laughs> profession that you were interested in if you didn't, you know, if you had a chance to start today, would there be something that you would rather do or you could do? Uh, that I could do? That would be wow. fun. That would be fun. You know, and I know, yeah. I know you've been an educator your whole life. But if you just had, if you all of a sudden go, okay, I'm going to retire, I want to do this. You know, when I graduated from high school, me and my cousin used to take two weeks, two weeks during the summer to just do road trips. And this is how I got a lot of my, my states in. Uh, and we would just do camping trips. We loved going to all the national parks. So mm-hmm. if I could do something like within one of the national parks, like Yosemite or Yellowstone or, you know, uh, Death Valley. Uh, if I could do it, and it could even be like something teaching in the parks. Uh, oh, I mean, wow. I would love, I love to be outside. Very good. That's really cool. And hey, by the way, that is a real thing. So you <laughs> I, know. That, you know? <laughs> I, I don't want to say being Indiana Jones is not a real thing, but the, the park thing, you know, that, that can have some legs really. Uh, all right, Henry, what is the best advice you ever got from your mom or dad? Um, you know, I was thinking about this and I don't remember them like actually saying advice, but just being like a good example and sort of that advice coming through that. And and what I got from their, I guess, life or I guess work habits was to, it goes back to something I said before, you know, help other people and work hard. If I think about some of the things that my uh, my mom did, she was a, a bus driver, a custodian at the school that I worked at. She cleaned houses. She just loved helping other people. And, and I think that's where I got that from. It's sort of, uh, she couldn't say no. So it's sort of like, I can't say no all the time to people. <laughs> like you. Yeah. yeah. Can you help me? Well, well yeah, why not? <laughs> I don't have anything else to do. <laughs> and, and then my dad, he was, he worked in the uh, the city of Richmond as a firefighter for 34 years. And when I think about, you know, looking at people's professions and not saying it's a bad thing to, you know, to change your professions, but I don't seem it doesn't seem to me that people stay in the same profession or at least at the same job for 34 years. So, right. You know, and when he wasn't doing that, he was helping my mom doing the the things, helping other people. So I think I sort of inherited that from them. And that was sort of my you know, advice that I took from them just as their example. But I think that that's, I think that that's wonderful. Cause I, again, you've, you've brought up your mom a couple of times and I think that we hear that in several of our people that we've had a chance We're, to interview. We are big fans of mamas. Yeah. Right. Mamas are, are very, very big in our lives. And we knew that, but I think that the, you know, is there are other people, I know you've had a lot of people that have done things in your life and you've done a lot of things. And I think I know you, I do. I always yeah. think I know <laughs> the people um, but is there anything that you don't, that you don't mind sharing that maybe I don't know about you? Uh, is there maybe not. You could, I mean, really, I, that could be, that it's all good. I mean, again, this is all about sharing things. Yeah. Is there anything that you do that you, I mean, do you have a hobby that I would not know? Is there something I just need, I need a little Henry I think you probably know this, but I love baseball. I love going to stadiums. Um, that's one of the things that me and D get to do together. Like we are in a city that has a baseball stadium. 
we get a chance to go tour the stadium if they have stadium tours. Um, so you're loving, are you loving that baseball's coming back and you're, it's all good? Um, good? I'm not into baseball <laughs> as much these days like that. I, I mean, I want to, I want to be at the, I would rather go okay, to you, the, the game. I want okay, the experience. You don't, you don't want those cardboard people no, out there. I want to, I want to okay. go wanna to the game. You. I want to experience okay. it. Like, cause it being at the ballpark, you. being at the ballpark is different than watching on TV. Cause there's, there's so much, especially like for my, uh, my 40th birthday, D took me to Chicago and we saw the Chicago Cubs play the St. Louis Cardinals and the Cardinals are my team. And so we got a chance and, and, you know, Wrigley field is like one of the like fields to be at. It's like so much history. So we got a chance three days at at Wrigley field taking tours. It was, it was just awesome. So I I love the experience of baseball and and being at the stadium and being around the fans, but not sitting, not necessarily sitting in front of the TV. um, I got I'm watching the game. The whole you time. needed to experience it. Well, I yeah. think D did a really nice job with that birthday present. Uh, it was. It was great. Uh, well, do tell D. I know as we're getting close to the end of this uh, conversation, tell D we said hello because I know she's again. I know you called her out as a influence in your life, but she's also been so good uh, in our profession, and we appreciate her. and And I thought that was a pretty neat gift that she gave you uh, of of a piece of what you love. Yeah. Another part of your world is that that baseball world, right? And, and I think Dee's going to be like our ninth listener. Oh, so that's, that's right. Really, really huge. <laughs> yes. And hey, buddy, listen, before we go, um, you know, as we have talked about a little bit, Virginia is for lovers and we love Henry. Well, thank, I love Henry, you guys, thank too. You. Well, thank you for being on. You know, the, the thing we always say is we learn something in every show. And, and I certainly feel like I've learned uh, a little bit about Henry today and gotten to know you better and uh, thank you also for your insights on technology as we move into a school year that's you know still got some real uncertainty surrounding it and and we want our community of of listeners to know uh, they can find you on twitter now what's your twitter handle henry it's uh p-e the number four y-o-u p-e for you p-e for you yeah p-e for you that's a great twitter handle for you henry and uh, so our listeners can certainly reach out to you on social media and uh, follow you and get some great ideas. Cause I see everything, not only that you post, but everything that you share as well. And I think those are just tremendous resources for our, uh, our for what I'm sure is a, uh, a growing population of listeners for radio gold scaling the summit and buddy that wraps us up for another exciting episode. Thanks for being here. Absolutely. All right. We are scale on the summit radio gold and we will catch you next time